Hey y'all, this is Videotic. My name is Joe. And my name is Sean. And after a little bit of a pause here, didn't give an update or anything, sorry. We were really busy last cycle when we were supposed to upload. It's uh, mostly Sean's fault, but you know that's how it's going to be. Let's just Uh, call it the least relaxing vacation ever. (laughs) Exactly. It's like it was technically a vacation. It's just like when a work gives you a pizza party. You know, it's a party, but you know, get, you better not walk away from that register, Jimmy. <laughs> it's hard <laughs> you know to scan I mean? groceries with pizza in your hand, but you gotta try. Oh, by the way, no eating at the register. Yeah, but you know, working through all that and everything like that, I'm so glad to be on a customer service. Let me just say that right here. But, I was gonna say <laughs> we were getting personal there. A little, personal, a little <laughs> dark times there. A little. Mm-hmm. Things you're trying to blot out from memory. Yep. That's why we turn to movies. <laughs> TV Literally. Turn to a places we'd rather be. And sometimes that place we'd rather be is a galaxy far, far away. And now we have just been caught with a copyright strike. Oh, boy. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> My singing, my singing is not that good. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll be okay. My singing is good, but that's why I got served with one last year. So, yeah, I was like, Don't and we sing did this good. last time around. Whatever so, you do, do not, do not start singing out that like operatic like duel of the fates. Please, just like <laughs> don't start doing that. Please, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> Well, I just like, I'll do the other part. <laughs> Still makes me think of that spoof from Family Guy ones when they did those um, Blue Harvest episodes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> After all these years, I still haven't looked up those lyrics. <laughs> Pretty sure that is the lyrics. Dude, hold on. I need to do oh, this. Yeah. I've been wanting to in do case... this since 2005. Yeah. While you go ahead and do that, I'll just say to everyone here, well, in case y'all are wondering, in case y'all know, last year we started doing uh, with May, with uh, having May the 4th and, you know, Revenge of the 5th and things like that. We decided to do Star Wars Month. We do our little own little spiel here. Talk about anything Star Wars related. That could be any of the TV properties, the movies. Uh, since we only started last year, this going around is mostly on the movies just to kind of kick it off. We had three different episodes last May. We talked about each set of the trilogies that we've got. We talked about the original set. And so we went chronological order just to let everyone know. We talked about the prequel trilogy, which was kind of near and dear to our hearts. It was our Star Wars as kids growing up. You know, this is what we grew up with really in our lifetime experiencing it. And then the sequel trilogy that everyone knows, everyone knew about even going into it. But for some reason, that's still our highest listened to episode. So thank you for that. But also, we still are probably just voicing opinions you've already heard from way more intelligent beings. Regardless, where else to go from there? So we thought, eh, there's some more movies. Talk about them. Movies, which might I add, I now that I'm thinking about it, I'm not exactly sure where I would rank them in the midst of the sequel trilogy. You mean like in terms of quality, canon, or like 
just just order. in terms of like how much like where I would personally rank them on you know which one do I want to watch you know which ones do I like the best mm-hmm. well I mean I can give a kind of solid answer something that I've considered with these so for this one the, the movies that we got left to talk about in case people are wondering anything like that is uh, it was supposed to be another trilogy technically alongside the mainline canon trilogy well I guess they're all canon so forgive me for that Um, the Skywalker Saga trilogy is what they're going to end out the Skywalker Saga with and that's the sequel trilogy we got alongside that you know, new purchasers at the time still with Disney was also like, oh, yeah, we've got three other movies with that, too. It's going to be like, I think they said total there was going to be like nine films because they were going to like make another set of something else. And then three spinoffs and then three of the trilogy, trilogy, sequel trilogy that we got that were episodes seven, eight and nine to continue that saga. And then the spinoffs, we only got two of them because after the bad reception of one of them solo and the rise of skywalker disney basically kind of cut the lines and just hard stop and said hey we're gonna have to you know focus on some other stuff more and then really not just proliferate the market like we've been doing yeah it it was a bit of a stumble stop like when you're when you're running too fast and then you kind of have to stop a bit more quickly than you want to. It was kind of like that. Like, you didn't quite face plant, but if someone was watching you closely, they would know you almost did. Um, yeah. Def- definitely a lot of behind-the-scenes, uh, you know, producing and, you know, studio stuff going on with that, but... uh yeah. yeah, I was going to say, it's especially, it was very controversial even at the time, years ago, when Disney uh, was the one to purchase Lucasfilm and all the associated property. I remember yeah, that was true. a huge thing because, like, wasn't that right before or after the Marvel purchase? It was, it wasn't right after. Because um, I'm trying to remember, I think it was after the Marvel purchase. It, it was after, definitely. Because that was, like, during the time all the huge uh growing culture of the memes where they had a bunch of that whole like symbolism of like the statues of mickey like the statues of stalin and lenin in russia and stuff like that being like (laughs) give to our new over overlords Mm -hmm. oh so it's just about a decade uh it was december 2012 uh when disney purchased uh lucasfilm oof (laughs) don't say it (laughs) Don't say it. <laughs> Where did the time go? <laughs> that's all this show is. That's all this show is now. It's just us realizing how old we are. Yeah, it's when you realize the prequel trilogy and you go, "Oh, it's uh, they're not that old, are they?" Yeah. <laughs> and for the record, folks, I want this. I want this recorded down. Uh, Josiah. Is older than me uh, by what three days? <laughs> three days. Three days. Yep. So I okay. that y'all know I'm the young one here. I've still got my vitality. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, yes, yes. Then you should have a better memory for these. Ah. Just saying, by argument. <laughs> 
Oh, by the way, do we have time for a little pit stop for the Duel of the Fates lyrics? Oh, uh, sure, sure. I mean, it's <laughs> Star Wars related, man. Go ahead. Yeah, so I looked these up, and I wish I'd done it before. Um, I won't read all of the lyrics, because that's a lot of Akaba Dakata Torakaba. Um, but I'll read this little segment. These words originated in the medieval Welsh poem, Cad Gadeu, or the Battle of the Trees. The text was translated into English. Um, yeah. Oh, no, no. Here's the text translated into English. It is under the tongue root a fight most dread and another raging behind in the head. I don't know exactly what that means, but I guess it sounds about right. Um, but I guess it was a Welsh poem. And in the movie, you hear them singing it translate it into sanskrit and then th that's what it means in english but it's like kora mata kora ratama yeah hmm. <laughs> so that's actually kind of cool little trivia that is interesting i don't think i ever looked up the lyrics but i did actually remember learning that you did kind of remind me that i, I remember learning that it was sanskrit that they were singing mm -hmm which I thought was really interesting because I'm like, that's a very odd choice. Like it must've been the rhythm and the, the tempo of it. Cause you know, if John yep. Williams composed the music, someone must've thought, you know, if he either helped songwriters with whoever wrote that part must've thought, you know, this is very, um, uh, I forgot the word, but it's like in band. Remember we were in band and mm -hmm. it's, um, uh, like the tempo thing. It's, um, darn. I knew till I was going to say, it's like, punctuated in a way or something very um syncopated. thank you i think that's what i'm talking about the sounds are very like syncopated staccato that too hmm muschietti isn't oh, wait, I... that's, a, that's a person so yeah so apparently uh williams had it uh translated into a bunch of different languages and he settled on sanskrit just because of the sound of the vowels because it's very like you look at all these words every single one of these words has an ah somewhere in there so it's like mata kora panama falafel you know very awe sounding oh oh but yeah under the tongue root i don't know what that is a fight most dread and another raging behind in the head yeah so there you go Hmm. It's more interesting than I thought it would be. I thought it trees. would. I was kind of. I always kind of thought in the back of my head that it was. It wasn't actually, you know, any words. It was just kind of a Star Wars made up language that they could just put in whatever lyrics. But it's kind of cool to know that it's like an actual. Like it's a Welsh poem originally. Yeah, that is interesting. Apparently about trees fighting. Yeah, what do you know? Yeah, makes you wonder how epic it must have been to be back in Welsh back in the days. Be like, must have been like, <laughs> yeah. the, must have been like at the ends. The Welsh were going at it. <laughs> the Welsh were just fighting the trees, and it's just a bunch of drunk farmers. Meanwhile, my ancestors are hunter gathering. <laughs> the Welsh are over here just. <laughs> I'm picturing that scene from Blinken, just fast forwarding, hitting that hole in. <laughs> And in tights, just like guys with <laughs> sticks, like, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, someone should put that music over that. 
Oh, that would be so perfect. It with a lightsaber. Oh. <laughs> Just like the Welsh, uh, a Welsh farmer takes on the tree circa whatever year. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Anyway, interesting. So there's some trivia for you guys out there. Free of charge. Next one costs. So, uh, let's see. Back on train of thought here. Uh, so yeah, the spin-off movies were we were going to get a trilogy of those. And it was supposed to conclude, I believe, with a Boba Fett movie, which eventually got canceled because of all the reception we mentioned before with the other films and how they were handling it and really just kind of ramming it down people's throats is what it felt like. Because it's like, we're fans, and me and Sean are fans of this, but we're not diehard Star Wars fans. Um, you, you'd say so, right, Sean? Like, pretty big fans. Really love it. Just don't don't love it. The Star Wars as a whole? Yeah. Mm, I'd say this This is definitely one of my bigger fandoms. Um, I, I'm certainly not as diehard as some people I've seen. But I, I'm a pretty big fan of this, actually. Like mm-hmm. the Star Wars universe. Oh, yeah. that That's why I was saying, like, I actually use the words we love it. Because we do love it. It's yeah. really the thing. Because I'm like, to me, I... This is a personal thing. I just I like to use the words like like and love. Like mm-hmm. does not mean, you know, love. Love is not yeah. obsessed with, but love is like I love this thing. Like if I love a certain show or anime or fandom, then I'll be like, "Oh, I love this thing. I'm into it kind of deeply." And over like is like I'm a fan of it, but I'm just not going to be I'm not going to buy a bunch of stuff from it or anything like that. Whereas you can find a bunch of Star Wars related stuff alongside my Batman stuff. So yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm like that's that just on me. a t-shirt. Like does not mean love. Directed by George Lucas. All right, we're def- definitely getting copyrighted. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that didn't go anywhere, though. Back to the plans there. Yeah. And, yeah. and eventually, I think it did get a little bit of redemption because some people said they, they brought back uh, Temura Morrison and... He got to be in The Mandalorian and then his own little spinoff, The Book of Boba Fett for <clears> Disney+. Plus. So I haven't watched I haven't watched Boba Fett yet. Did you watch The Book of Boba Fett? I did watch The Book of Boba Fett. Did you like it? I... Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, hold, I, I, I liked it, Uh-oh. but like does not mean love. You know what I mean? <laughs> so entertaining. It, it, it had room for improvement. I'll just say that okay. it felt it felt like um, was it more fan servicey than actually telling anything worthwhile? Hmm. I don't. I don't know. Is that a discussion for another episode? I I think so. Uh, but I, I can summarize it by like, okay, so when Boba Fett, um, spoilers for the Disney Plus, uh, Star Wars shows, um. Boba Fett actually shows up in uh, Mandalorian for a little bit. Yeah. And when that happens, like, he is awesome in there. Um, When he's got his own show, for some reason, I don't know if it's just the writing or I don't know. He's not quite as awesome. And I think it was kind of them trying to make like, this savage bounty hunter, like, be more relatable and likable for kids, maybe? 
Um, but there was a, there was some there was a lot of silliness going on in that show that kind of just like drew you out of it for a bit. And I don't know, the action was hit and miss. There was some stuff in there that I loved, right? And I, I won't spoil that. Uh, we'll talk about it at some point, I'm sure. Yeah. There there's a lot of good and there's a lot of kind of stupid. I it felt like that. it felt like they kind of rushed the show out just because they're like, oh, and I'm I'm sure this isn't the case because you probably got to plan these things way in advance. But what it felt like just as a viewer is that they got Tamura back in there and Mando, and everyone was like, oh wow, this is awesome. And then like, oh cool, let's just film a show real quick. That it felt like that's the level of writing that went into it that they just kind of rushed it out real quick because they saw people liked it. Probably not what happened, because that's not how stuff gets made. I don't know. I don't make stuff. So <laughs> I, I liked it, didn't love it. Okay. I, I'll watch season two. I'm still invested in the character. You know, if they make a book of Boba Fett too, I'm there. You know, I'll watch it. Okay. You know, that's actually a lot of the complaints I would say people had about Disney in general with Star Wars, is that it's like a lot of things were way more family-friendly. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying they need to make a gritty R-rated thing in Star Wars or anything like that. I'm not saying that. I'm just like, but the other ones did cater to a little more balance of like, I mean, I wasn't allowed to watch Revenge of the Sith when it first came out because my parents were like, it's a little bit creepy, but also it deals with some more topics like, you know, child murder. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's only one thing worse than a Sith, a child. <laughs> <laughs> no, Anakin. No. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. But um, you know, there's a balance that actually made that film. In fact, that was the film that got a PG-13 rating, if I remember correctly. Oh, was that the first one? I think it was, if I remember You're correctly, right. because yeah, I think it right. dealt with those other scenes. Like it was not shown, but it's like the ones where it's basically um. You know enough, right? It was is done, uh-huh. so you know what's happening, and it, it really wanted to stress how far Anakin was going and such. And I'm like, they did it, you know. And again, like, there's nostalgia in our eyes for those movies, but they did it well. But Disney's kind of like, you know, oh nope, it's all overly saccharine, all very nice. Here's nostalgia, just nostalgia. Look at the keys, look at the car keys, and it's like, mm. yeah. But it's like, for what it's worth, I enjoy some parts of it, and you know what? Out of their run. These spin-off movies that we got, I think they're actually not that bad. I would definitely I I would definitely put Rogue One as the superior film oh, you know, between these two. No contest for me. Sadly, Solo did not stand up to expectations to me and it was there's a lot behind the scenes that happened with that, but I did not really care for Solo as much. Yeah. But yeah, Solo, Rogue One that, I loved. To to give I guess credit where it's due, like the solo had a lot of a lot of issues to overcome to even get that movie. Yeah. That's um, what I was mentioning, just saying there's a bunch yeah. of behind the scenes issues that happened. I know there was it was a lot of production hell, as they would call it. And right. It really had to go through all that to try to even release in its state. And I'm like, you know what? If I may be uh, a little forward here, Sean, we'll talk about that in a little separate. How about we focus on the first one that released? Ah, Rogue Two. Yes, and Rogue, a half. Rogue One. Yeah, Rogue One. In all honesty, I do not hold the opinion 
like a lot of people i actually well not a lot i did see a few people online and other places say this became their number one star wars film ever really i do, I do not hold that opinion personally because i'm that, like that... i think the solid i think that belongs more to like the inline series of the skywalker saga but for a spin-off this is a really good movie yeah and i would say sure. it definitely became a favorite of mine Especially being the first of this whole spinoff trilogy idea, I was like, oh, wow, this is a solid movie. This is a good movie. I love this. I, I, I will say it in defense of that argument, like I, I, I would hold up Revenge of the Sith as my favorite Star Wars movie. Um, I don't expect that to ever change um, just because you, you can't compete with nostalgia. And that was the movie where I saw it as a kid and I'm like, Oh, I love this. You know, um, if I had to compare the, I guess, objective quality of, you know, movie making, I might give rogue one the edge there. Um, but I'm always going to love revenge of the Sith more. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like you said, it's in the main, the main, uh, saga storyline mm-hmm. and i mean like i said i know technically that they're all canon with what they made they, they basically all were like oh yeah this is the story of the characters but and this is stories connected to other ones mm-hmm. but yeah like rogue one i loved the idea because they basically kind of from the outset i was wondering i don't know what this is about yet when they just have the title right and they kind of give a little bit of a synopsis but uh and this is just a warning to everyone out there. We will just be talking about these films and they will be spoilers. We're just, it's been a couple of years now since they've been out. So just saying. Yep. 2016. Yep. And then Solo was 2018. So. Uh, yeah. It's a, um, it's a great story when they announced like what they were focusing on, they're like, this is the crew of people of rebels who part of the rebel Alliance, who are part of the rebel Alliance. Yes. As you say, the ones who went and got the plans for the death star and got it to the rest of the Alliance who, and then, you know, died getting it to the rest of the Alliance. So they could actually eventually blow it up in the end of a new hope for the first time. And then, you know, a second time. And then a third time in the sequel trilogy. <laughs> um, they all had the same flaw. <laughs> just saying. Uh, but yeah, I'm like, that's a cool idea. Like, focusing on this crew. Like, and there's a little bit of apprehension in a way because you're like, what else can you do? It's, they're already doomed to, you know, they're going to succeed, but they're doomed to die. We already know this. So how can you make this entertaining and engaging for me as a viewer? to see this and still feel like I got my money's worth and still really enjoy what I saw, you know? Mm. And I think they delivered. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I don't, I'm trying to remember, I'm trying to put myself back when this came out. Do you remember like what the, the, uh, bulk of the audience reaction to it was? I think at first, of of course, this is like, again, this was soon after making like, uh, I have to look up the dates, but I'm pretty sure this was like right after 
the right of uh, not resident um the force awakens mm. if i remember correctly when this one came out so there was a lot of apprehension because people were really you know thinking oh this is disney with the thing they're doing it yeah okay yeah star wars episode seven came out 2015 so this was right after what uh what month did rogue one come out do you know that because Carrie Fisher um, sadly passed away in December yes. 2016. Yeah, December. And, well, the, it's a Star it Wars really, show. It really is December. December. Yeah. Yeah, and, and therein, I will say, is part of my problem with the film that I yeah. actually genuinely made me mad, and it still does, even though I like the film overall. Like, I even love the film overall, I'll say it. But it's um, their use of two people, is actor Peter Cushing... And Carrie Fisher, create recreating them completely in CGI. That rubs me the wrong way. Yeah, I think there's a whole argument and a whole episode that could be talked about that whole practice and that whole idea. And I mean, I'll save majority of opinions for it, but I find it completely disrespectful to anyone because I think it deters the rest in peace that we like to say for those who pass. And then, but on top of that, I'm like, it really, it, I'm glad they weren't as long scenes, you know? Mm-hmm. And at least with the, I could, I would argue that the Carrie Fisher scene with like, you know, they did a, of course they did a little like de-aging and just recreating her for how she looked in uh, A New Hope. And it's just at the very end. I'm like, that one could be kind of done as like a tribute style thing. And I'm like, that's at least a little bit explainable in a way, if you know what I'm saying. But totally recreating Moff Gideon. I'm like, I get it in a way, but I'm like, you could have just recast him or, you know, I don't know, some other some other way. Moff. Um... Tarkin, my bad. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. Moff Gideon is from Mandalorian. Uh too many moths. But you know what I mean? Yeah, it's certainly a larger issue um, that really, like, no one's had to grapple with that before. And so, you know, the advent of CGI and how real, how increasingly realistic it, it's becoming. Um, I'm interested to see how that sort of practice pans out with the larger audience. I I don't know if like the, like, you know, the broad scope, larger audiences would ever really take too much of an issue with it. Mainly because, you know, most people don't know um, all the actors names. Um, Like how many, how many people on the street do you think uh, would know who played uh, Moff Tarkin? I, I don't, I think there's a solid like center of people who would, me and you included. Um, and I think that's the group that would maybe get more upset with it. it it's a it's a rough issue though. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, I, I could talk a whole episode about that, honestly, and maybe do that, but I won't focus on it too much. That's just that's my main complaint with the movie. Mm-hmm. And that is a personal thing too, just that is my main complaint that I actually genuinely still gets me a little mad basically about it. I'm like, I just don't like that, but I I get it in a way. 
I will not condone that, but I will just say I, I kind of get it. <laughs> Regardless of that in there, I think the rest of the movie, like I said, is very solid and does stand on its own. And I think I did get my money's worth for, you know, seeing this story of this crew and how they basically they did succeed, but at the cost of their lives. Yeah. And I'm like, it's interesting because it actually, when you nail it down to that, it's it's a throwaway line. In the original um, trilogy, right? Because it's just like, it's said by Mon Mothma. And she just goes, you know, like, the crew of people died giving us this information. Mm-hmm. And they continue on with the plans of the Death Star and just, like, kind of go around. And it's, it's kind of meant to give, like, you know, just, it's one of those, like, story in the background details. So, you know, oh, somebody died to get these plans out to them, you know? Like, okay, so that's how serious these rebels are. That that sets the tone. So this was the story that was like, how about we focus on that team of rebels that did it? And you're like, huh, okay. Yeah, it's cert- it's one of the, like... It is impressive how much meat of story uh, that Lucasfilm and you know Disney has been able to get out of that sort of main era of Star Wars. Um, because in like a in a fan's mind, it's kind of like, oh, okay, movies are meant to start here chronologically. Chronologically, the movies are meant to start here, and they just keep moving forward in time. And eventually, you know, we're just going to get more into the future. But, you know, we keep going back and double dipping into this, you know, main era time-wise of Star Wars. Some people love it. Some people don't like it so much. I personally am okay with it as long as you can tell a good story. Um, And I, you know, like you said, I think this is a perfect example of I'm glad we got this film. You know, I'm glad we got to see that crew. It's certainly a story worth telling. Um, I, I do remember some people's complaint overall with the universe, but certainly with this movie is that Disney keeps going back to this one time period of the empire and the rebels. Personally though, I could like the movie could be (laughs) significantly worse and I would still love it just for one particular scene. I don't know if you want to talk about that yet. Uh, yeah, as we say, I'll wait for a minute for what scene okay. you like, but, um, <laughs> let's see what else to mention about this. You know what What's a solid factor in why I liked it too? The casting was really good. Yeah, the casting was great. As we say, I liked our lead in Felicity Jones as Jin, Jin Erso, uh, Diego Luna. Everyone loved Cassian Andor. And I thought he was a really good lead because it was interesting, the dynamic that he had with her, like the opposite kind of upbringings. Mm-hmm. In fact, Cashin is so popular, he got his own spinoff as well. I was going to say. Uh, or no, called Andor. So Correct me if I'm wrong, but he wasn't, that character wasn't meant to have a spinoff show. He just ended up being a fan favorite in their life. Yeah. Let's put a show around this guy. Basically, yeah, he got such a... um such a wide appeal with that character and a lot of love for that character. Some people were like, Hey, I bet we can flesh out his story more. So they decided to make it a, a series on Disney plus. And I've heard it's actually not that bad. People said it was pretty solid, actually pretty good storytelling, uh, good casting. Cause they said they had got Andy circus back in star Wars as someone different. Yes. But he's in there. 
So I'm like, huh, I have to watch that. I, and I can't speak uh, for myself because I haven't seen it yet. But I've heard it said multiple times that Andor has the best writing in Star Wars. I don't know if it's true, but I have heard it multiple times. That is actually what I have heard as well. People have said this show to them is a standout for the writing because they said this shows that, you know, people with Lucasfilm and Disney currently can give something really good if given the time and budget. And I'm like, huh. So I'm like, makes you wonder. Yep. Let's see. I know it was not featured a lot or he was featured, but it was just a voice. But Alan Tudyk as the droid in that movie. I love that droid. I love how that became a meme as well. It was like the whole like, you are being oh, rescued. Please do not resist. That's a, that's another thing. Just to touch on it real quick. So many memes from this movie. Oh, yeah. We mentioned a chief one as our summary for the sequel trilogy. We were on the verge of greatness. We were this close. Yes. <laughs> and I've seen that one a lot. Just, we were on the verge of greatness. We were this close. That one, I think, also from the beginning of that movie, that it's a peaceful life. From uh, Mads Mikkelsen's Galen Erso. By the way, how great is it to have Mads Mikkelsen in Star Wars? I know. And Donnie Yen. Yeah, we got Donnie Yen as a Force user, basically. Without a did... lightsaber. Yes, without a lightsaber. I was going to say, does he ever, like... He doesn't ever really, like, use the Force. He just kind of, like... He talks about being connected to it. Yeah. Because he's blind. He just kind That's of... That's the other thing. The Remember, he's he's kind of like the blind swordsman, mm-hmm. in a way. Of, like, sometimes the, the blind warrior who's able to basically kick butt and take names still while being blind. Yeah. There's a lot of instances of that in, like, uh, a lot of mythological stories and things like that. So it's kind of interesting to see them kind of give a spin on it. And I, I like Donnie Yen's character as well. Like, I actually found him really enjoyable. And he did make me laugh. Like, the one of the first big laughs I had in the movie was when they were like, they get arrested for causing a ruckus in the square of wherever they're at. So it's like him, Cashin, uh, Jin, all those guys get arrested, right? And they start putting the bags over their heads. And they put a bag over his head. And he's like, are you serious? I'm blind. <laughs> <laughs> that made me laugh. Because he's like, I'm already blind. Why does this? Uh, let me see. How how many meetings do you think they had at Lucasfilm debating whether or not to put that scene in there? I don't even know, honestly. <laughs> I couldn't tell you. It was funny to so, me. Someone was really sweating at that uh, <laughs> at that scene. And it so was Donnie, because he was wearing the, the thing to demonstrate. No. Oh, yeah, it could be Donnie. <laughs> yeah, it could be Donnie. Uh, another great standout I just want to mention real quick is uh, Ben Mendelsohn as the yes. antagonist. He's he's such a good antagonist Like in things I've seen him in. He mostly plays bad guys, and he does it really well. Yeah, I, I got to say, I got to give props good to actor him. As, in general, because I'm like, I loved him also in, in uh, Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. As a scroll, which again, that's a big thing for Marvel, but I'm like, I love him in this film. He's so good. He kind of like, to me, he has the right amount of actual, like, serious, uh, well, you know, I'll just say this bluntly, like, acting, quote unquote, to make sure. it like he's an antagonist. I got, I get the um, evil coming off of him, but he's also, he's just the right amount of pomp and camp 
for a Star Wars villain, you know? Mm-hmm. He's got a degree of, like, kind of like what made him the Admiral, like, Admiral Hux from uh, the sequel trilogy is that he's a little more bombastic and a little more, little more comical side for the family friendly things. But this film kind of balanced that with like this guy, he's like, you know, he starts off calm, wants high ambitions and big desires. And, and, you know, as Darth Vader puts it in your aspirations, but he's like, (laughs) he's also like, when he kind of starts failing, he kind of starts cracking and gets like more of the screamy kind of, you know, no, you will do things my way. Before he loses all control, you know? Yeah, it's a balance. I got to give it to Ben Mendelsohn. Um, He has never been, um, I guess, at the top of the list of my favorite actors. But every time I see him, it's a great, solid performance. You know, it's kind of like it's it's kind of a credit to him. It's like he's always in the role. I mean, they're always all in the role, I suppose, if I see him in a movie. But it's like... It was kind of honestly like Gary Oldman for a while. Like, I didn't even know Gary Oldman existed, but I had seen him in so much just because he disappears into the character. Mm -hmm. Um, And it it took me a while to realize that I had been seeing a lot of Ben Mendelsohn. I just didn't realize it. Yeah. He's he's one of those guys I agree with you. It's like he kind of snuck in under the radar mm-hmm. for me and then I started like actually seeing him and be like, what's his name? And then be like, you know, actually learning his name and then seeing him in more things. I'm like, he's just solid. Everything I've seen him in again, he's just very good. So yeah, I think he really took this role and really kind of made it uh, way more enjoyable with him being cast in it. And he's not in there long. It's kind of funny with a big enough name like him, but Forrest Whitaker is also mm-hmm. in this movie. And I will say it's not really a meme, but we quote this, you and me, when we were playing before. If you remember, we do like the things we'd be like, oh yeah, something such is supposed to be over here. Deception! Lies! Lies! We just like to quote that from time to time. Another meme. Yes. Lies! Deception! Uh, And you had mentioned him a little before we started recording, but they brought back Jimmy Smits as Organa. Mm. Bail Organa, which was really interesting for continuity. And to be fair, that guy does not look like that guy still looks basically the same as he did in Revenge of the Sith. He does. I'm like, he's, and I mean, I know there's some makeup and stuff, but I'm like, he doesn't seem like he, he doesn't look weathered and all that as like, uh, you know, he did not age, um, distastefully. (laughs) Cause then I saw him also in the side note in Kenobi. And I was like, he still looks about the same, man. He's still Organa. Like good gracious, man. I need to look this up. Yeah, you're right. He he always looks the same age. Everything I see him in, it's like he hasn't aged at all. I'm Googling it. But yeah. Uh, let's see. Casting story. But yeah. Uh, he is 67 years old. Good for him. Wow. Good for you, sir. Good Mr. on you, buddy. Mr. Smith, good for you. And good on you for being in this movie and the other stuff, too, in Star Wars. You're great. He he is one of the people that has bounced around a bit in the Star Wars universe. Um, he, he's one of those uh, through lines, that kind of connective tissue mm-hmm. that kind of brings all the movies, you know, solidifies them in the same universe. Um, so it, it's always great to see him pop up. But yep. I, 
like you said, I kind of mentioned to you uh, before we started uh, recording, like he's he's been one of my favorite actors and I don't know why he I've never seen him in like these huge roles, but everything he's in, he, he always has this like charisma about him that I just love. Like he, he he's always cool. He's always, uh, you know, I don't know. He's got it. Yeah, very solid. Again, it's, I like to use that term for actors. It's just when, whenever they're in something, they could be a small part to a mid-range part, and, and they could even eventually get cast as a lead, and they'd still just be great throughout it. Mm-hmm. So that's like a little thing for me. If, if you guys hear me say solid for an actor, that is a high compliment for me. <laughs> that is because I'm just like, you will put them in any role, they'll own it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, and that's one of my favorite kind of actors as a character actor because that's what their that's what their job is. If they're so good, they can be put in any role, and they usually put into like background characters or side characters consistently. But you always know them as whoever that side character is for that movie that they're in. Then yeah, they're doing their job really well. <laughs> but yeah, great job in this movie too. Small part, but really good in helping connect all the dots again and kind of uh, give us that connection to the original uh trilogy and then even in leading in from the prequel trilogy and so forth so it was really good film overall though like i say i like how they made the story how they made these characters for a first one of this uh spinoff trilogy as it's called they kind of came out swinging in my opinion Yeah, they certainly – you could tell they had um, – how do you say they, they had a bit of room with the characters because, you know, spoiler alert, they all die in the end. Um, so you, you could kind of feel in the writing, I think, that um, whereas opposed to the next movie we're going to talk about, there was a lot of, oh, this piece of info has to go here and this piece of info has to go here because they were building up to – an already established uh, persona. Um, but in Rogue One, you know, they all die. And so they gave them a little bit more freedom to create characters. You know, they could build the characters for the sake of the characters and then plug it into this kind of isolated story that still impacts the rest of the universe. But in terms of the movie and the story that's told here, the characters kind of got to, you know, they got to build for themselves, I guess. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Do you know what I'm saying? I, I think I understand what you're saying. When you have a set narrative in a way, you have a lot more way to be like, I want to make these characters a certain way because I know they're going to die mm-hmm. in a way. You still want to make it good. You still want to, you don't want any throw in characters or throw away people that are just like, yeah, they're just there because, you know, whatever. Or they're like this way because they're like, who cares how they're like because they're about to die anyway. It's like, no, if you still make something that's like, I don't, you know, some different characterizations and strong personalities, right? Mm. And I I think they succeeded. Yeah, it felt like they were able to give them more character characterization and personality because, you know, they weren't beholden to a set, you know future because because they all get erased in the end unfortunately yeah 
again, part of my thing that I really liked about it was I was like, you did a good job with taking these different characters and making me actually, you know, follow their story here. And I know how their story ends because, again, it's just it's a it's a single line that's not even highly focused on in episode four. Mm-hmm. Mon Mothma just mentions, like, you know, at the cost of their lives, this crew died getting us this information. <laughs> and it's like it's one line. In a way, you could almost have the movie and edit of the movie be like, you could have an edit from that scene, and you'd have her say that line, and you could like have it echo a bit or something, and cut to black, and then say like you know, however money previously, and then have this movie play. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And because then it's like this is this is their story. It's like you could almost have like this is their story. <laughs> And then it would still kind of make some cohesion. It would still make sense and it would make you go, oh man, so that's that whole, like, you know, kind of makes you consider when you think about, like, how uh, people mention something in a throwaway line, how much life was lived, how much was done, what was done in, like, a simple sentence can contain so much that you're not fully getting. And they kind of captured that with this film. Yeah, for sure. But yeah. I really enjoyed it overall. I thought they came out swinging. Good casting. Very solid. Uh, I think quite solid writing. Not everything landed, of course, but it's like, you know, my my gripes with the movie, my major ones out of the way that I've said earlier, any other minor gripes or anything like that might have been a few continuity things, might have been a few like one or two little things by characters. I'd be like, why would they act like this in this situation? That doesn't really make sense to me. But I'm like, hey, you know what? It wasn't enough to ruin my uh, experience. And like I said, I got my money's worth. I really enjoyed this film. I, I bought this film soon after it came out on Blu-ray because I enjoyed it that much. And I actually watched it with my uh, parents, I remember, because I invited them to sit with me. And I was like, hey, you want to watch this film? It said, it's about that. And I explained the story and thing. And they really enjoyed it, actually, as well. And I remember my dad was like, that was a cool idea. He goes, yeah, focusing on that one crew and taking that whole, like you said, one single line and just fleshing it out mm-hmm. and i'm like hmm. so yeah overall i enjoyed it a lot i love this movie and for being again the first one it's like they came out swinging and it kind of made us hopeful in the same way that we had mentioned with the sequel trilogy the first movie of that the um force awakens was more of the same but kind of like eh, cashing in heavy cashing in on nostalgia <laughs> but leaving me kind of tentatively hopeful to see what happens next yeah, I well, well, I've already talked about uh, Force Awakens, so yeah, we did. <laughs> I was about to launch. We were close to greatness. To go into it. Yeah, I was going to say, and I was tentatively hopeful for the future. And then the dark times happened. And then the dark times. And it's then okay. we got Solo. Uh. <laughs> oh, not yet. We forgot to talk about one scene. Oh, yes. What is your one scene? I take this back. The, okay. So, like I said before, the rest of uh, this movie could have been significantly worse, and it still would have been worth it just to get that Darth Vader scene at the end. I loved it. It was so great to see. Like, sitting in a theater, you don't, ah. Being able to sit in a theater and see Darth Vader come on screen and ignite a lightsaber 
just that image is awesome to me because you got you got to think like i was a kid when the prequels were coming out right so i had never gotten to see darth vader on the big screen in action and you know being able to see a piece of that like for the first time you know what i mean it felt really good so and then you know he came out and he was just awesome you know he was terrifying he was you know he was it solidified why he was such a feared force in the galaxy and they re- they really played that off well like you knew immediately oh y'all are all going to die you know every every man in that hallway up oh, you're dead it's you know there's and then he just tears through him his lightsabers swinging the music's going i loved it yeah that was definitely a standout scene for like again i think that guy the director i'd have to give credit and the screenwriter probably had a moment where they said how about we show more of why he's actually feared because you know um it's another line they mentioned in the original trilogy you know alec guinness's obi-wan right mentions like your father was one of the best fighters with a lightsaber i've ever seen to luke and you're kind of like we never really got a chance to see him do much. I mean, they fought in Revenge of the Sith. There's that big epic fight between him and Obi-Wan. And to be fair, the prequel trilogy did do a lot more focus on the actual uh, lightsaber duels. They made a bigger thing of actually teaching the actors sword play. And, you know, they got Ray Park Jr., who's an expert and master and all that, and great to help with that. And there's a focus there. And it's like, you didn't really get to see a lot of it. This one had more of that, like you're saying, it's why he's feared why people are scared to say his name and why the name holds such respect. Mm -hmm. And like I said, and, uh, and just a outright fear, honestly, the framing of it, the, you know, the smoke coming from the burned equipment, the music, the lighting, everything about that. They even framed it in the blinking red emergency light at first, you know? So it's like, it's even the dark side stuff is there and everything. Yeah. Great scene. And I think that was a redeeming thing because that was my other side complaint that you kind of reminded me of was they kind of forced Darth Vader into more of the movie to have him there. To talk to Ben Mendelsohn's character. And like some of those scenes did not have to be there. I, I agree. And it's one it's one of those things where it's like, I don't care, you know, (laughs) yes. It's one, it's one of those they like, yeah, no plot hole, but I just like plug my ears, blah 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 blah. Which I mean, it it it's feasible. Yeah. You know? Oh, like I said, this did not this did not ruin the movie for me. I don't. I'm not one of those guys who says it didn't make sense because actually in this thing in this context and this uh, thing, I'm like I don't care about that. It was just a little bit like, eh, you're kind of forcing. We get who one of the most popular characters of this saga is. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of putting him in there a couple of times. And he even makes like puns. And that was a little bit like, eh, careful choke, not to choke, choke on your aspirations. It <laughs> and it's just so like, good. <laughs> <sighs> it was so good. <laughs> it was me as Darth Vader. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, we kind of felt like, careful not to choke on your That actually, <laughs> again, was a parody thing I saw when they like kept having him crack more jokes and people said that's what it felt like he was going to do was keep going into a stand-up routine at times. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I get that in a way, but I'm like, eh, again, it was just those earlier scenes 
not so crucial. They really were more so like, ooh, look who we have in this movie. Look who we have in this movie. Ooh, you know who this is? You know, well, it's it, like, yes, I do. I, I get that sense. movie. Thank you. But then they were like, sense. oh, but look, we put him in at the end, and it's like, oh, that's a great scene. No, that's good. Yeah, well, and he, he kind of had to be there because of the beginning of um, um, A New Hope. Exactly. Um, but yeah, it, it was such a potent scene, though. Like, I remember walking out of the theater having just seen the entire movie. Like, how long was that? Uh, I got it right here. Two hours and 13 minutes. I saw two hours and 13 minutes of a movie, and immediately after I got out, the only thing I could remember um, was just seeing Darth Vader mess people up, and it was it was glorious, and I loved it. Hmm. Well, like I said, I agree with you. It's a great scene, and it did. I think it complements the movie very well. Besides the whole CGI character thing, I love the ending. Because I like how the ending is just the beginning of A New Hope to really show you where it is in the timeline. Mm-hmm. And I do like how it actually begins right at, it ends right at the beginning of that movie. Like you could literally put that movie in right then and you'd get what happened right there and just how right where it fits in. And I'm like, that's a cool detail. I like that. So again, like Matt, overall opinions, like they've really came out swinging, I think, with this one. Really enjoyable quite a solid film overall as well and and for a star wars film being this first spin-off idea made me really excited and like i said well maybe not very excited but you know tentatively tentatively excited to see what could happen later mm-hmm. and then we got solo yeah and uh, like we mentioned before Shall we? we mentioned this before but this one was really plagued by a lot of problems behind the scenes. And that is a lot of why it did not satisfy and fill us with as much joy. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put it. So, yeah, I remember one thing I will say as a main complaint for this movie that one of the problems I know that some people might know up front because it was publicized about, it was... um the directing which i have nothing against ron howard who took over directing duties but it was originally directed by the guys who helped make the lego movie and i was actually looking forward to their spin on it so phil lord and chris miller were co-directors on this movie they even started it but then creative differences led them to uh step away from the project you, you gotta wonder. So what I kind of want to know version... what I want to know what their film was. Yeah. Release the Lego cut, Disney. <laughs> Release the. <laughs> they should remake it in Legos. <laughs> yeah, like I'm. I'm curious about what their movie was. Because <clears throat> they, from what I heard, they said they saw the like the movie, and they said something about how a lot of their stuff was just redone, and a lot of their ideas were rewritten. So I'm wondering how like how much of it what 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 was the movie we didn't get? Yeah, well, and it's one of those things too, where you know, again, maybe a, a giant percentage of like the wider audience isn't going to be privy to all this stuff. Um, but like you said, some of the people who pay more attention to the behind the scenes, uh, you know, runnings of these movies, um, you know, they're going to know about. 
the director's creative differences. They're going to know that the directors were changed out. The story was, you know, written and then readapted. They're going to know about some of the issues with the casting. Um, And so regardless of what the end product of the movie is, even, even before the people walk into the theater, like as they're walking in, you know, there's a good percentage of them that are thinking in their head, oh, this movie had a bunch of, you know, production issues. There's this going on. And so there's there, there's got to be a bit of bias just from people walking into the theater, even before they see it. Um, that certainly played into it with me a bit, I think. Um, and then I, I think you can objectively say the movie wasn't as good as it could have been. I think mm-hmm. that's fair. Um, a lot of great stuff to talk about in it, though. Like, you know, Woody Harrelson, I love him and everything he does. To have him in Star Wars, that by itself is awesome to me. I have a weird, like, kind of weird love-hate relationship with Woody Harrelson, honestly. Ooh, do tell. I What's hate to love hate him. Part? You hate to love him? <laughs> no, <'cause... laughs> no, in all honesty, I don't know. Just something about, like, I think he... I love him and stuff. I really do. Like, I agree with you. I like seeing him and stuff, and I thought it was cool that he's cast. I'm like, oh, he's going to be in Star Wars? That'd be interesting. And I'm like, I'm thinking even from the outset, they're like, oh, the trailers, or initial trailer showed he's going to be the one who kind of, you know, Han Solo learns under and stuff kind of under thinking. I'm like, I could see that, you know, leading into Han Solo's character, being mm-hmm. someone led by Woody Harrelson. I'm just like, at times, I think he is more so Woody Harrelson in another role, if that makes sense. There's a lot of cashing in on him playing, you know, not really himself. I'm not trying to insult him or anything. I'm just saying, but he's really like, he's in a way, he's kind of typecast in a lot of things. He plays the same kind of characters. I I think that's fair. And I'm like, when I learned that, I was like, I'm a little disappointed because I think I already know it's going to be a Woody Harrelson character. So, yeah, I, I think I think um, I probably would tend to overlook that just because I like Woody Harrelson, and so it's like, but yeah, I, I can see what you're saying, definitely. Yeah, again, I have no hate for the actor. I love that guy. I do love seeing him and stuff. I'm, I really thought it was a cool idea to see who he'd play. I just knew going into it what kind of his character would be on some lines because yeah. i was like i know they're probably gonna fill a bunch of these like i can check off some things already on no i'll see mm-hmm. and no hate for the actor at all like i said just and i'm not saying he can't do the range but he mostly like and if, if he's made a solid career of playing that type then you know hey <laughs> he doesn't do a lot of accent work i don't think But that nor do said, I want know. him to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which not everyone can, you know. I mean, a southern I, accent maybe, but yeah, he he's he definitely put on a southern. He accent. He kind of I already has. Or, he um... already has his own drawl when he talks. Like you hear right. him, you're like, "That's Woody Harrelson." Yeah, yeah, that's Woody Harrelson. Yeah, it fits for like Zombie Land, but you know, Star Wars. We'll have to see. That's how I felt, you know. Uh, going down the. Uh casting um donald glover he was my favorite casting part of the movie like from the get-go to uh, legitimately i was 
I was like, when they said he's going to play young Glando, I think everyone went, oh, he could do that totally. Yeah, exactly. And then we saw the movie, and I was like, oh, he totally nailed that. That was a young Glando, <laughs> through and through. We were supposed to get a movie, I think. I think he was, they were talking about a, a movie with a young Lando. Yeah, that, that, that was one of the projects though. that got kind of thrown to the wayside. I was actually, I looked up a little, like some articles here, and it said something about how there were supposed to be some um, other films that were meant to focus on origin stories. So I think that was going to be like a couple more that they were going to take some certain characters and make more, uh, like I said, just origin stories for them. And this was one of them that was kind of the, the character. Of course, everyone's like Han Solo. That'd be a really fun one to look at. What how, what made him like, how did he become Han Solo? How did he do this? You know? Yeah, which I have to say the concept itself. So some people kind of complained about it because like I mentioned earlier, it's like, you know, again, Disney keeps on going back to this one time period in Star Wars, um, which I'm honestly okay with, you know, to an extent, just do it well, I guess. Um, that being said, for a large chunk of the audience, certainly the Star Wars community, I think it's safe to say, the idea of them going back and doing, you know, main character origin stories, you know, this movie kind of threw a wet blanket on that for a lot of fans. Um, it, it did not provide a lot of hope, um, which is sad because on the one hand, it makes sense. On the other hand, it's like, you know, this could have easily been a great movie. And then people would have been like, oh, yeah, let's have another one. You know, so you can't really judge things like that because it's not the same people making the same movie every time. But, yeah. Yeah, as you see, it was just, uh, there was a lot more hope going into it, I would say. Going into it? <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. A new hope was needed after seeing this movie. But I'm... And I, I gotta say, too, like, one of the, one of the problems, you know, still talking about casting, one of the problems, I guess, the movie had was, um... One of the rumors coming from behind the scenes was that uh, Alden Ehrenreich was not the greatest of actors. Um, and if I'm remembering correctly, I, I, he did not have a ton of experience. Um, I don't remember what else he's been in, but basically the rumor coming out was, you know, not the best of actors. They had an acting coach working with him the whole time. Um, that being said, you know, when I saw him on screen, that was one of the things I had in my head walking into the theater. Um, but when I saw him on screen, I honestly thought he did a, a fairly decent job. Like I was kind of expecting him to be a weaker part of the movie. Um, but if I hadn't have, if I didn't, if I hadn't have heard that rumor going into it, I don't think I would have come out of there thinking that he was a weak point. Like I think Kim acting wise i think he did a good job i can see him being a young han solo um i don't know what what, what did you think about uh him i i was actually about to bring up the same point honestly i was like you know i said i at first 
I had seen Alden in a few things, like you had said, and I'm just pulled up his page just to see, and it says his feature film debut was in 2009. So first in a movie, because mm-hmm. before that he had been in some small parts, it says like in CSI and Supernatural. Was he in Supernatural? It says he was in 2005, so probably near the beginning of the show. Whoa. Yeah, so, and it says one episode. So, yeah, like, that means, you know, thing. but then he was in a, a movie in 2009, and then after that, he kind of had a few things, it says, through the years. Another movie in 2011, like, a, in a actual movie. Then 2013 is the one I remember first hearing him actually get a lead, and that was the movie Beautiful Creatures, which I think was adapted from a novel. Because I remember I came down and, like, my mom and dad were watching it, and I was just like, what is this? And he's like, oh, it's just da-da-da. I had a bunch of people in it, for one thing. It's also really funny because it had, um, it had Jeremy Irons doing a very deep southern accent. So that was kind of entertaining to watch. But Always a great. It had to do with, like, thing. witches and a coven of, like, magic users in the deep south or something like that. And I don't mean that to say, like, you know, oh, during the time of this and this. No, I mean, just they're all talking like this and they're all very much. And so Alden's talking like this and he had an accent in the movie. He's a lead. But I think part of the thing was like he falls in love with one of the girls, you know, one of the women. And there's like a relationship thing going on. That was the one I had heard about. That was in 2013 that I first saw, like, heard him, remember seeing him. Then right before Solo, I watched the movie Hail Caesar. Mm-hmm. which is a Coen Brothers comedy. And he was funny in that because he was also doing like this younger actor who was put in this other movie where he doesn't fit because he's a big, he's starting to get money for the studio and he's a, he's a cowboy actor. So he's literally like a kind of like a um, stereotype of people like uh, John Wayne or Gary Cooper or all these guys who basically played Westerns and really spoke like this and, you know, really talk like this, but they were mostly in just that but then he's putting like this fancy movie and he still talks like this, but he's trying to fit in with them. And it was funny. Uh, and he did a good job in that because he's playing the odd one out and it, but it still didn't really play a lot to a huge thing. So to see him get cast in the lead, I was at first a little hesitant because I was like, I wonder how he can do with my limited viewing of him, but I will, you know, I'm always willing to give people a, a, a shot. You know, I'm like, let the movie come out first before I say anything about a performance. Sure. Because, again, I haven't seen it yet. But, yeah, I thought he did. I thought he did good, all things considered. And I think he has a a bit of unfair hate towards him in the character. Like, I'd say to your points, you, you did a really good job of summarizing it overall, though. And saying, like, I'm not sure how he would do, but I thought he did really good, all things considered. And I think his mannerisms and everything, I could see this being a younger Han Solo. And being, you know, Harrison Ford's character in the future. I just think he received a lot of uh, unfair, like, bias towards that. Or against him. Well, yeah, and it's... I mean, because I don't think it's all his fault. I'm like, I think he had a few things he had to work around. And yeah, I don't know if he's... I don't know if I'd call him like a a fantastic actor who disappeared into the role completely. No, <laughs> he did a good job though. Yeah. And it's it's one of the risks I guess you have to accept from taking a role like that. Cuz on the one hand, like dude, you're the main character in a Star Wars movie. Like who wouldn't jump at that? Um on the other hand, like 
that does carry a lot of risk with it. Like you can put a hundred percent into it and knock it out of the park. But if the movie around you is bad, you know, maybe you stick out from it. Maybe you just kind of get drugged down with the ship. Um, so, yeah. Uh, that, that being said, like props to him. I think he did. I think he, I think he, you know, maybe he didn't hit a home run, but he got on base. <laughs> I'd give him a solid double in my baseball mm-hmm. metaphor. Cool. I pretend I know what that means. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I hate baseball. I hate, I hate it. With a passion. It's not a sport. Hot take. Uh, but yeah, I think he did good, all things considered. Especially like you said, like getting cast in the lead, and as a such a iconic character as Han Solo. Yeah, there's a lot of probably just like, oh crap, wow. Yeah, how scary and then you'd be like, oh be, man. Dude. Oh, I I don't even want to begin to think about that honestly. Like like imagine imagine that like G- George Lucas walks up to you and says, "Uh, hey, I've got this great role for you. You're gonna play one of the most iconic cinematic characters of all time. Good luck." On the one hand, oh great. On the other hand, if you mess this up, like you are failing literally in front of the entire world. <laughs> and you know, with a character that's already beloved, yes, yeah. that's, that's and not be to mention one thing to to kind of focus on is like you really shouldn't give a lot of credence to people like us when we're talking about this. It's mostly opinions, even if they're shared opinions. Like the Star Wars fandom is the reason I'm I'm not a huge like massive fan because they're pretty toxic overall. Which I I'm like eh. I mean, for crying out loud, yeah. they gave poor Jake Lloyd, who played young Anakin in episode one, gave him mental health problems years down the line because of all the hate and stuff he received for acting in a movie at like 10 years old. For sure. And I'm like, you guys are sick. Well, <laughs> I'm and sorry, there's a joking things... thing, but also like, really? No, you got to take yeah. some things into account here, you folks. It's one of those things where it's the... The franchise has such a large audience that if even one percent of them is toxic, which is I would say that's a pretty conservative estimate, but you know that one percent can be very loud and just amplified by the internet, and then they find each other and they get you know. So, yeah, it, it's it's one of the darker sides of the Star Wars fandom that's unfortunate. But, you know, it's yeah. unavoidable because there's always going to be those people, unfortunately. Yeah. And and I'll uh, not to get too far off topic here, but yeah, that's just a little thoughts on that. Uh, let me see. I, I will say the only other thing I would say about casting wise is uh, we had Amelia Clark as Kira. Mm-hmm. She did a good job. Do I think the character was another great like home run? No, unfortunately. And some of the motivations could have been better from what I remember. Yeah, well, it was... And it's like, again, she was... not a bad job. Interesting idea. Just, I'm like, could have been a little bit better, unfortunately. They were kind of setting her and other characters up for another movie. Um, another storyline that oh, they were totally I believe it has up. since been dropped. Oh, uh, yeah, but who knows? They were completely who knows setting it up. 
Yeah, I'm like, I thought she did good, all things considered. And then also one that I was sad to see didn't do as well, Paul Bettany, whom I love yeah. in many things and really got, uh, unfortunately, kind of got shafted before reappearing in Marvel. Like his career was literally in a in a dive, which is sad, which is funny to think of me because I'm like, it's sad because I'm like, he's so funny and he's really good in other roles. So I'm like, why would he not be in other stuff? And then it's like, apparently he had just been in a bunch of flop after flop after flop in a row mm. that really started making Hollywood go like, I don't know if he is bankable. Then he got cast as Jarvis. And then it was like, back up. Yeah, but, he was one of the actors where, um, you know, growing up before I before I really started to like know actors' names, I just you know watched movies, um, like most people, and then later on, like once I got to know his name, I kind of like would rewatch all of these old movies I used to watch, and he was in a decent amount of them, and I'm like, oh, that's Paul Bettany, and I realized like you know. I loved a lot of characters he played, like in Inkheart, which we've talked about before. Um, a Knight's Tale, you know, he was fantastic in those. I love him in A Knight's Tale. Mm. It's so one of my good. favorite of his roles, honestly. <laughs> it's so, <laughs> it's so funny. I have to talk about that movie sometime. Yeah. Uh, yeah, as you say, but I, unfortunately, his he was like the villain figure, and from what I was reading, apparently, it says. I just came across this, which made it interesting. It says they actually originally had the figure was actor uh, Michael K. Williams. And apparently he oh. was unable to return to production during another um, another conflict with a role trying to like, you know, film and then come back to filming for photography and everything and reshoots. Right. And, you know, these things happen, the things like, so it was actually recast with Paul Bettany, and then they redid a bunch of his scenes and dialogue that to was try to, to be, change the thing. That was supposed to be Michael Williams? Michael K. Williams. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Oh, it would have been so great to see him in Star Wars. Do you know who that is? I do not, actually. L- look him like, up. Like, not instantly, but that, I'm doing it right now. You You will recognize him. See if this is what I'm thinking. Of. Um, yeah, it would have been so great to see him in Star Wars. I hmm, would have been ah uh, okay. I could see him doing something similar to that. Ah uh, okay, yeah, it would have been interesting to see him play a villain. Um, for those who don't know, he played Omar in uh, oh, what's the show called? The Wire. Yes, 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 yes. He see, that's Omar another show I have to watch sometime because it's regarded as one of HBO's best shows of all time. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, this is coming from people like the generation who now would be like, oh, Game of Thrones is their biggest thing. There would be a generation that would be like, shut up and sit down. I have something to show you. <laughs> That's literally what people talk about this show. They they call it like the best thing they've ever done. Mm-hmm. I need to watch it, though. But yes. Oh, well, unfortunately, let me see. Oh, yeah. unfortunately, he passed away, too, a couple years ago. Yes. Um, mm. I don't remember if it was, you know. You're probably looking at it, but it was either like suicide or drug overdose, one of the two. But it, one of the um, sad situations where he was kind of gone before his time and his career was he was just getting bigger as an actor and everything he did was gold. Um, yeah, 
So yeah, I, mm-hmm. man, I would love yeah, to see him in Star Wars. I, I could, from what I saw him in, yeah, he would have been an interesting. He probably would have been a more villain figure, like actual, like I fear this guy, what he might do, mm-hmm. or when he makes a veiled threat, it's more like, oh, that's actually scary, as opposed to Paul Bettany kind of makes it. I still can't help but think of like it's a little more comical, campy style. Again, not yeah. against him, but it's like who plays it is a big part of how the line is delivered, you know? Yeah, like, again, you know, love Paul Bettany. Nothing about that character worked for me. You know, the look of him, I didn't quite get. You know, I could kind of see what they were going for, but because he had those weird lines on his face and they kind of glowed. And I don't know, cool idea, but nothing about that character worked for me. I, you know, unfortunately, I don't. I and I, you know, I don't. I'm not going to assign blame to anyone. I don't know if it was like the writing, or maybe it was just a bad day for him at the, you know, a bad day at work for him. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I did. I I could not. Every time I saw him on screen, it kind of like pulled me out of the movie. Um, unfortunately. But yeah, yeah. Like I said, that's big thing with this movie to me is just that it's a bit disorganized, and you in the final product you can kind of tell had a tumultuous production. And yeah. it's it's one of those like sometimes I like a film when you could be like you learn it had a trouble production you'd be like oh I couldn't have, I would have never known, so you're like oh man then you think about it you're like man they must have really busted their butts to really make it work then for whatever happened. This was yeah, one so- of the ones where it's like man they busted their butts and it shows. It still shows, unfortunately, because it's not, you know, it's not the greatest thing. And, yeah, I think part of the egregious nature of it to me was some aspects were a little bit disappointing overall, like writing wise. How Han got his name is one that's kind of like, oh, wow, this is an iconic thing that you could have given. It could have been a nickname thing. It could have been a thing. Nope. He's just giving it because he's like trying to get in with a refugee line. So they're like basically the like the immig- immigration when people were, were coming into New York years ago. Mm-hmm. Right. Ellis Island. They'd literally be given the name like they'd be, if they couldn't pronounce their last name because it's Eastern European or something. They couldn't pronounce it, spell it, whatever. They'd be like, you're a Smith now. Yeah. You know, you're 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 John Smith. <laughs> Here you go. Your name is Steve now. Here you go. It's like it's like that. It's the guy's like you're traveling alone. Solo. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah. Oh my goodness! <laughs> like, oh, it's Han. it's a trope. It's a trope. Like, oh, I I just, I can't stand when people do this. Like, there's got to be a way to do it well, but for whatever reason, Hollywood, you know, is just a fan of doing, you know, prequel stuff or origin stories in in the in all these big franchises, and they did the same thing with Jack Sparrow. And it's like they go back in time to tell a bit of this character's origin story. And it's like they just have to shove in every piece of iconic, you know, every iconic point that the character has. It's like, oh, here's how he got his special blaster. Here's how he got his special name. Here's how he got this. And it's like you don't need to make a giant point of showing all of those things. It's like, we get it, you know, you just let it, let it be organic. And it's like, no, they're going to take, you know, what's your name? And the music swells. And he's like, I don't have a name. I'm alone. Oh, 
We will call you Han by yourself. What? Really? No, I already stamped the paper. Here you go. Ah, I don't know. I know, but it's like that was a little bit like I remember that was a complaint a lot of people had, and I'm like, those. It's I don't have like a major like, but I'm like, it was really like, oof, that's a little rough. Yeah, like, yeah. Exactly. I, I think it was more for comedy. I really think that was more for like, Haha, it's kind of funny. See, because he did that, and other people were like, actually, I wanted to know if that was like we would have been okay if that was his actual name. Yeah, this is Star Wars. People are named other weird things here, you know. It's like really, he's named Solo because he's by himself. You have a you have a Jedi Council member named Poof. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Han Solo is a good name. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no. No, his name is literally like Aaron Poof or something. It's the long neck dude. Oh. Ooh. That never talks. It's just the one that was CG the on the council. But yeah, I'm like, you have a guy named Poof. I mean Han Solo is a name that's okay, man. But yeah, that's that's a that's a slight complaint. Um I think the meeting Chewie, another iconic, you know, because who's who's Han's second in command, who's Han's partner there helping mm-hmm. him with everything? Chewbacca. And I'm like, I kind of get them meeting, but one thing I really hated was that he just understands the language. Did they mention like of the Wookies? And it's just like they don't really. I don't remember them mentioning how he knows it. If it was, it was a throwaway line, and it's like really. Yeah, that's one of the things. Now, to be fair, like that's one of the things in Star Wars that I always kind of enjoyed. Um. It's like some random person talks in some weird, you know, alien way and just, you know, there's no subtitles, but the character like responds and, you know, you can kind of figure out what they said. I always yeah. kind of enjoyed that. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. That one didn't really cross my mind. Oh, yeah. Solo, but... Oh, again, that one didn't actually ruin it for me. It was just kind of like I was hoping they would explain maybe something. I was hoping maybe it would have even been more funny if he was just like. If if he was responding and he was basically mostly correct in his responses because he would kind of deduce what Chewie was kind of thinking or feeling in that moment. Uh-huh. And it would have been funny if he just said, I've been talking to it like I would like a, a space pet. I've just been responding like, you know, what I think in the situation he's saying. And <laughs> I guess I've been like, right. I'm like, that out. would have been Han Solo if he said, I've just been guessing what he's been saying. I guess I've been right all the time. <laughs> Like, you know, like when your cat meows or something and, you're, and you have a conversation with your cat or dog. Right. right? Yeah, yeah, and you're yeah. just full on talking to it and you realize it's going like, you know, I know you're hungry. I'll feed you later. No, not now. Meow. Don't take that tone with me. <laughs> you know, I've done that completely with my cats. But it's like, that's how I think it would have been kind of funny if it was like that. But he's just, it's totally responding. It's just, yeah, I know you're upset. Da, 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 da. And like, they can be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, full on response to every little growl and thing and i'm like and like a little understanding of how he knew that language would have been cool but okay it's okay still didn't ruin it for me but a little bit like eh. that's yeah i i I didn't i did not even think of that but that's funny the only thing that i would say for this movie that was a one of those again major complaints well complaint the whole time but one of the major ones i had was the trying to continue how much of a open like open ending they left to continue that story and then the inclusion of darth maul for no reason 
other than to fit him in there. I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't know if anything you can say now would convince me that he was actually fit in that story. I'm like, no, he just appeared. Yeah, it's definitely. <laughs> and I'm like, why is he here? <laughs> Have you seen any of Rebels or Clone Wars? No. Okay. Not enough to know with his character. I do know he is back, and I do know that he is actually really fleshed out. So I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing that. It, it's so one I will. Of those I would things... say no spoilers, please, on that front. But no, I I haven't even seen all of it. Um, but it's it's okay. one of those things that I, if you had seen all of those, it wouldn't be as such a uh, a jarring thing. Mm-hmm. But well, that's just he hasn't thing. been in the movies at all. I heard that it doesn't even fit in the solo movie. Like it, his thing in the timeline still doesn't make sense. Oh, really? At least that's what I heard people say. People who watched like all of Clone Wars and all that, they said his stuff there was fleshed out, but in a different. Like he wasn't inserted until you know later than that, to my knowledge. It, it's possible. But I'm like, I that's why a lot of people were like, why is he in this movie? Why is he featured in for the solo story of all things? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it's a little weird still. But again, I will say that's what I had heard. Could be wrong. I haven't seen it yet. I need to. I literally just told Sean before we recorded, I said, Clone Wars is on my list. I might even try starting to watch it, but it'll take me some time because it's longer than uh, Last Airbender was. <laughs> and I yeah. need some my time to watch it. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, that's. I think you can kind of chalk that up to just how disjointed the production, one, the production of Solo, how disjointed that was. But it's one of the problems that has just plagued the entire era of Disney Star Wars, unfortunately. Um, and you can really see the effect of it on the movies. Like, you, you might not know that's what's causing it when you watch the movie, but for those privy to how I don't know for those privy to all of the production issues going on behind and the studio issues, you can easily see how that would be the cause of, you know, canon errors, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. Um, But moving on, I did want to say before we get too far away from casting, we did get to see Warwick Davis, um, you know, playing a, Playing his, you know, not playing himself, but you can see him in this movie, and that's kind of nice. Yeah, that was that was actually fun. Nice little detail, you know. Finally getting yeah. an on-screen role. Well, yeah, because he's always, you know, not just in Star Wars, but he's often that person who's playing a smaller character, you know, in a bunch of makeup or in a mask or something, or in a suit. Oh, yeah. Um, and so it's nice to see him in a Star Wars movie. I mean, originally one of the Ewoks, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As we said, but yeah. It was, it was nice to give him a role. And I'm, if I remember correctly, it has been a little while. Wasn't he like a, a tough guy gangster role or something? He, I don't think he was a gangster. Like, I don't I, know if he was a gangster, but wasn't he like a boss of some kind or something? Because, like, it was kind of comical. Am I remembering it wrong? Or was he just like an under underbelly kind of sleazy un- of the underbelly type in my head he was with that crew because remember there's the group of those people um i don't even remember what they were called this is honestly it's sad to say it <clears throat> but this movie was just a one and done for me like i saw it once and then i just i never 
I never felt the desire to go back and watch it again. Same. Like, I might, just because now I want to remember what parts of it that we're talking about, like how much I didn't like it, or what mm. parts really stood out for how bad it could be. But other than that, for me, I watched it once as well, and I, I felt like I didn't really want to go back to it. Yeah. Um, but Correct me if I'm wrong if you start to remember it, but there, there's the character played... Did you ever watch um, um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Uh, not yet, no. Okay. Well, there's an actor here who appears in there as well. I won't go any more into that. But Erin uh, Kellyman, um, she mm-hmm. plays a character in Solo called Enfys Nest. Yeah, I actually remember her character. Oh, there you go. That's like so, one of the ones yeah. I do remember from this movie. Because she's, she's like the um the twist to it. Yeah. Yeah. She's got like the spiky helmet. Yeah. Um. Anyways, I thought Warwick was a part of her band. I could very well be wrong. Okay, it could be. Again, another it has been a while that, since I've seen this movie. <laughs> yeah, that was another character that didn't quite work for me. Like, I got it. I was like, okay. But I don't know. Yeah, it was kind of like, I kind of see what you're doing, but it didn't work out the way I think you were hoping it would. I really, I really should watch this movie again and see how I feel about it now. That's how I feel now, honestly, talking about these movies. Like, I would go back until they watch Rogue One again, because I haven't sure. in a while either. But that's because I actually want to see it, because I want to. Like, out of enjoyment for how much I did actually like this the film. This one, I'm like, now I have to remember, because I don't remember what exactly stood out to me at the time in totality of what parts did not work. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, now I'm curious, how bad was it? Well, and another thing about Rogue One, which we slightly mentioned, but that was a funny movie. Like, it wasn't a comedy, but there were many moments where I was laughing out loud just because, you know, the droid is making a joke or, you know, Donnie Yen. The, yeah. But there were a lot of funny bits in that movie and jokes that really worked out. And like nat- naturally funny. Yeah, yeah, it didn't feel, you know. Yeah, I didn't feel forced to laugh in a way. I, I, I don't think that we have any need to bring up Thor Love and Thunder, even though I just did. <laughs> we already have a full review on that one, man. <laughs> yeah, I won't talk about it We anymore. talked all about it. But yeah, no, that was, uh, I like your comparison there, because it's like, it's the natural humor. Mm. And this one was out of any character the solo movie would have been the one that to imbue more comical elements to it. Mm. It would have benefited from having more natural moments that actually made me laugh. Cause I'm like, that's Han Solo. He made us laugh in the original, you know, Harrison Ford had so many lines that made us laugh or chuckle in the original trilogy. Yeah. And his character. So it's like, of course it would be, you know, this would be the most apt character to do it with. And overall, I almost felt like it was a bit too oppressive and more serious. So I was like, huh. And then those moments that where I felt like I was supposed to laugh, I felt like I was kind of forced to. Honestly, which this isn't saying much because, like I said, I have not seen this since I saw it in theaters. I can't remember any, you know, laughing at all in this movie. If I ever, like, smiled or chuckled watching this movie, it would have been probably with interactions with Lando. Yeah. Because again, I'm just like, he did a great job. (laughs) Yeah, like one of the highlights of the movie. uh, Donald Glover. Yeah. Oh, he completely, like, I could tell he really copied Billy D. Williams 
mm-hmm. like in the way he talked and everything and mannerism like he totally and to me i was like yeah that's one of my highlights is like he's totally believable as a young lando i'm like this is totally lando calrissian when he's younger <laughs> so one of the good positives of the film mm-hmm. one of one of many of a few yeah one of many of a few of a couple things I might mention on a good day <laughs> if I feel like it <laughs> but yeah and because of the reception to those films and things we've pointed out so well in our uh, little chat here. Yeah. Disney uh, pulled if... the plug basically on more films being released at that time period. And they finally took a step back to be like, you know what? Let's focus more on these other characters and times and things like that to actually make something people want to see. And of course, more so to them, they were like, let's make something more people would actually spend money on. Well, and I, I I just think, ultimately, if you could sum sum it all up in one word, it's rushed. And maybe, you know, that's an idiot's opinion from someone who has never made a movie in his life. Um, Just as a fan on the outside, Disney picked up Star Wars and they were like, movie, 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 movie. And it's mm-hmm. like they were banking on the Star Wars name to make all of their money. Um, and I, I feel like they just didn't put enough care into it as they could have. A lot of good things have come out. Rogue One, I loved. Mandalorian, I loved. Um, oh, yeah. Unfo- uh, like kind of funny in a way, but the TV side of things has been really more consistent. Yeah, in yeah, like show format, because I'm like even ones that have been kind of like more spinoff things and like one and dones. Even of recent years, I've really enjoyed watching those more than the movies mm-hmm. that have come out of. Besides, like I said, Rogue One was a standout to me. And I even mentioned I really liked watching uh, the sequel trilogy in some parts because it was, you know, fun and enjoyable, but it was kind of more cashing in on nostalgic feeling. And some of that was okay. Like uh, Force Awakens, it was more of the same. It was literally just episode four again, but I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. for many parts like i said looking into um watching it i mentioned it and when we talked about those movies saying it was fun to go to the theaters to see a star wars movie yeah i'm like that was fun and that feeling was fun to think about and replicate being part of that being released during you know during my lifetime as well it's like that's really cool but other than that other than those experiences the films themselves and everything i'm like i mean I don't know. Not as not as fun. Not as enjoyable. I will say too, um, you know what one of my hopes is that a lot of the younger audiences who go to see this, I hope they love these movies as much as I love the prequels. Cause I think like, you know, there's differences in how they're made, like it's not tit for tat. Um but, you know, the prequels universally accepted as not the greatest, you know, not the greatest standard of writing and movie making in history. And yeah, I look at those and I'm like, I love them. You know, that those, those are the main era of star Wars. When I think of star Wars, like that's what I think of in my head. 
Um, and so, you know, maybe, you know, given time, those movies find that audience. Um, and unfortunately, I'm not one of them. Maybe I'm too old and jaded now, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I'm the same thing. Though. I'm like, I hope people get enjoyment out of watching it. I hope you actually really like it. And if you do, like, you know, good for you. You know, honestly, we're just giving opinions here. Yeah, we're, we're going to give our opinion, whether we like or not like something, you know, yeah. not everything is going to be sunshine and rainbows. But at the same time, if you loved it, good on you. There, there's no wrong answer here. Yeah, exactly. There is no wrong answer. Unless you say it is a pinnacle of movie making. No. <laughs> Which you are empirically wrong. Yeah, well, look, if you loved the fact that Han Solo got his name because he was solo by himself, if you loved that, have fun with it. I'm glad you love it. I don't, yeah. but that's okay. Exactly. And at the end of the day, I'm like, the movies, you're supposed to watch them. You're supposed to, if you really get in a sense of enjoyment and entertainment out of it at the end of the day, if you really get you into the fandom, maybe not on the bad side of it, you know, hopefully, but maybe just something where you could even say, I love this saga or I like this saga. I like this movie, these movies. At the end of the day, that's what it's about, you know, mm-hmm. enjoyment and entertainment of that uh, movie, TV show, anything like that. And Star Wars overall has been that to many people. Me and Sean included. I think we just really we we were into it when we were younger. I was shown the original trilogy. Sean, like he said, really didn't watch that till a little later. He watched the prequel trilogy, like as it was coming out. Got into it because of that. Mm-hmm. We hold a lot of nostalgia for seeing it when it came out. It's just it's a fun saga to be part of, and even the lows that have been part of it are still memorable. Sometimes for you know being the low points, but we can go back and talk about them. And enjoy ourselves, you know, have some fun. Point out what we didn't like. Mention what we really did like, you know. Really mention how the memes have been the most standout parts of them. Yeah. I and mean, Well, look, I'm still looking forward to the next movie. You know, I'm not one of those people where it's like, oh, you know, I didn't like this movie. I'm never watching Star Wars again. Star Wars is dead. It's like, come on, get out of here. You know. Yeah. They're, if they made another movie tomorrow and it was great all of a sudden Star Wars would be alive again. And there's some truth to that here and there, but really it's just, you know, if, you know, just make, make another Star Wars movie. I'm here for it. Just please make it good. And, you know, we'll move on from there. Exactly. Just with some care and detail put into these movies, you know, mm-hmm. then it's like they could be great once again. And I think it's a good decision by Disney to step back a bit from the movies and not focus on them. So now we've got movies in the works. And like, you know, we've got that uh, Taika Waititi film that's he's supposedly making. Maybe. Uh, that maybe. one. That's on, why I said supposedly. It's on shaky ground right now. Supposedly. Yeah. There was that Patty Jenkins one. Canceled. The, oh, was that canceled? Yep. That, well, there you go. Uh, that one's canceled. Kevin Feige's movie is canceled. Uh, you know, and maybe they're mm-hmm. still talking about it behind the scenes, but yeah, as we say, then there was that other whole new trilogy of films set in a totally different era with like Ryan Johnson supposedly was going to do. That's that one, said, that that's one is was unofficially canceled, but that was unofficially because it was supposedly being talked about again from what I had heard. But, you know, 
again, the main point of all that being they're taking their time and trying to hopefully give us something that's worthwhile to not proliferate the market. TV show-wise, they're really, they're kind of inundating it, honestly, but the good thing is it's not really towards our age group and and that side of the fandom, really. But, you know, there's still work to be done. Hopefully, we can get a good, decent movie that I can I, go to the theaters maybe to see and then be like, that was really good. I enjoyed that. Yeah, the, the way it is now, it's like, I'll believe there's another Star Wars movie coming out when I see the trailer for it. Uh, but they have canceled so many projects that it's like, I'm not even putting any stock into it anymore until I see a trailer or get some sort of concrete, you know, evidence. And when that happens... I will look at that trailer and judge it for what I see in it. You know, good movie, bad movie. We got Han Solo. We also got Rogue One, you know. Yeah. You know, we got the sequel trilogy. We got great moments like somehow Palpatine returned. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in, in a lot of things. And we got the enjoyable we, moments. We of got, those. We talked we got about somehow it. Palpatine returned. And we also got this is the way, you know. Yeah, you know. Balance to the force. A diet. Oh wait, no, don't bring that up. Ah. (laughs) 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 We're we're getting off the rails now. (laughs) Were we ever off rails to begin with? (laughs) No, you're right. We weren't. This is videotic. What are we talking about? This is videotic, and this is Star Wars month for videotic. May May the fourth be with you. And seek the revenge of the fifth. Yeah. And whatever date this comes out, I don't know. Look up some pun. There's probably one out there. Yeah. Or whatever date you listen to this for me. But you know what? Yeah. This is a fun thing we do. This is something we just do to have enjoyment, to have some entertainment, hopefully, for you guys out there listening. And again, Star Wars, if you love it or hate it, or if you like it even, just, you know, maybe let us know. We got an email. We'd love to hear from you all. Uh, This was our opinions on the spinoff movies that we got. And... I think next time, well, I think we'll have one more episode here in this uh, current cycle for May. And I'm thinking, we were thinking about talking about some of the TV properties, maybe. Maybe focus on one or two, we don't know, but we'll see. I got a lot of those. But don't worry, it's not all doom and gloom here. It's just sometimes doom and gloom. There, There is the dark side of the Force uh, prevalent, but, you know... There's yeah. also, there's there's good. There's a lot of good. There is some good in there. And that's our job. Point out the good. Hope you enjoy it. Hope you appreciate it even more. And with that, this has been our first episode in Star Wars month of 2023. For Videotic. My name is Joe. My name is Solo. Ah, yes. My, my name is Nick Duo, because I'm into Duo Podcasts. My name is Sean. <laughs> and we will catch y'all later. See you guys. Have a good one. Laugh it up, fuzzball.